This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hoping you can hear me. Can you hear me? I think you can hear me now. Um, I'm not sure what happened there. A little bit of a glitch in the morning system. But I hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Um, and enjoying uh, the rest of your week. It's now Thursday. It's going pretty quick, despite the fact that there's been no Arsenal football. Uh, we have had, of course, the likes of Chelsea struggling against Luton. We've seen Manchester United already knocked out of the FA Cup by Middlesbrough, who then went and knocked out Spurs, which was great. Liverpool kind of eased through. I say eased. It wasn't easy, but they eased through. West Ham, however, getting knocked out, which gives them one less competition to focus on in their own race for top four. It's heating up, uh, let's say, as this season gets on. But I hope you're enjoying yourselves. And uh, good morning to everybody in the chat box. Do drop a like on the video if you haven't done so already. Good morning to Jose, to Marcus, to Mark, Modern Guna, John T, Sam, Paul, uh, Michael. Uh, where's... Uh, oh, not not here this morning. Interesting. Rob, Harvey, Anthony, Sean, uh, or Shun. Uh, I want to go with Sean. Shun? Sean. We're going to go with Sean. <laughs> Cena, uh, Tony, Harvey, Gustavo, uh, Afsa. Good morning to you. MFB, Mark, uh, Robin, Thracian, uh, Martin. Good morning to you. Dana, uh, Bobby. Good morning to you. Uh, Mark Wilson, AV, uh, Max, and everybody else as well. Good morning. Uh, Harvey says, Tom, you created two shows. Uh, many was in the other one. Uh, I've created two shows. How have I created two shows? I only made one show. What's happening? Why is there two shows? Let me have a quick look. Oh, that's really strange. <laughs> if you are joining us from the other show, maybe just if someone could pop into the chat box and say in that show that it's this show, but I don't know why that's happened. That's really strange. Um, hmm, weird. I'll sort that out afterwards. Very, very strange. Um, but good morning to all of you. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. If someone just doesn't mind hopping into that chat box or the other one and telling them this is the one you need to be in or just sending the link. I don't know why they're different. Very strange. Um, anyway, let's crack on with the news. And we start off, as always, by telling you to go and subscribe to the Arsenal way. Uh, always an absolute pleasure to join the guys over there. And uh, we are very much on our way to 10,000. I'll be live at 930 this morning over there so do join us in the arsenal way as well articles that went out yesterday we did a really good piece joint piece between myself bailey and chris talking about whether we would go as far as killian mbappe levels of finances to keep bakaya saka at the club uh, a piece about jonathan david joining arsenal as well and how much it would take and the fact that there's a few requirements that arsenal would certainly be able to fulfill and finally a piece about roman abramovich which we'll talk a little bit more about 
in just a second. Um, moving on to the stories, though. Uh, yesterday, we had a show about Fabian Ruiz and him being Arsenal's perfect central midfielder. So if you would like to find out even more about Fabian, you can do that by going and watching yesterday's show. Enjoy. Uh, well, we kick off with some comments from Pablo Marie about Mikel Arteta has been speaking to ESPN. And he says, I have to say he is one of the best coaches in the world because when he does the game plan, I never see it like this. How he finds solutions for us and makes it easy to play the game. I've never seen something like this. That means he is an amazing coach. To give you, to give you the tools to play a game more easily, that's amazing because when you go onto the pitch, you already have in your head the type of thing you have to do to play easy. And again, I highlight these points of Pablo Marie. Uh, this is a separate and a new interview that's come out. But I highlight these points because, well, uh, he's not at the club anymore. And we've heard a lot from players that have left and moved on. And we've heard a lot of people talk about the fact that he's mistreating players or he's not giving them opportunities and they must be, they're being harshly treated. Well, Pablo Marie's not at the club anymore because he wasn't being used. And yet these are the comments that we're hearing from him. Very interesting indeed. Um, now, Konstantinos Mavropanos, who plenty of you will, of course, know and talk about uh, the frustration associated with the fact that we're going to lose him. And it is now being confirmed that we will definitely lose him. Even if Stuttgart go down, Stuttgart are planning on activating the option to buy in Konstantinos Mavropanos' contract for around 2.5 uh, million euros, which is really frustrating. Uh, the only positive, and it's only a very small one, is that Arsenal... Uh, to my understanding, have a 10% sell-on clause uh, in his deal. So that's going to be something that we would get if they do end up selling him. But it's not going to be much. I mean, they'd have to sell him for 20-odd million quid, even if we got 2 million from that deal. But uh, we are starting to insert sell-on clauses into contracts. Uh, speaking of sell-on clauses, I'm not sure whether or not Matteo Genduzzi has any kind of sell-on clause in his deal with Marseille, but it was confirmed by the Marseille president yesterday that they would indeed be buying because he has reached the right number of appearances to activate the obligation to buy in his contracts. And uh, that means that they'll sign him up. He's apparently already signed on a new deal, five-year contract with Marseille uh, until 2027. So he's gone. Uh, and uh, we can move on. We can talk about the fact that we need to make sure we're better at selling and we need to learn from these mistakes um, but it is time to move on from Matteo Ganduzi and Mav Rapanos. Uh, speaking of moving on to players that could be coming into the club, Dominic Calvert-Lewin is said to be very much enjoying his time with Frank Lampard at uh, at Everton. That is very, very strange. Uh, <laughs> not because he's a bad manager, but just because Everton are still very, very much struggling. I suppose he's not going to come out and say he's not enjoying himself. He's not going to come out and say that he isn't doing what he needs to do. I find it very odd um, that he's enjoying himself so much, despite the fact that Everton are clearly still very much struggling uh, at the moment. We'll see what happens with Calvert-Lewin in the summer. And finally, the main story of the day and what will surely take up the bulk of our discussion is Roman Abramovich. Uh, Roman Abramovich, of course, Russian oligarch, billionaire. Oligarch, is that the right term? I'm not sure. I'm not educated enough. You just hear that term flying about all the time. Um, but obviously, billionaire and owner, or at least for now anyway, owner of Chelsea Football Club. He's a, he's a man that's changed the shape of, of English and European football uh, for 
the worst of Arsenal and for the betterment of certainly Chelsea. Uh, and obviously came in and bought the club in 2003, where he then absolutely bankrolled them into becoming Premier League champions and European champions, and now has put the club up for sale. Now, there's a few really important parts uh, of this sale that do impact Arsenal. Uh, for those that were very excited by the fact that Chelsea would have to pay about £1.5 in loans to him, that is not going to be taking place. Roman Abramovich saying that he is not expecting any of the loans that he has uh, given to Chelsea to spend on players from his company, Fordstone, will be uh, paid back. He's not expecting that to happen. So Chelsea have, have got away with that one, which is frustrating because that would have really hampered Chelsea to have to pay back that amount of money. However, he will be selling the club. And this means that the owner that comes in, there's a good chance that that owner will not treat Chelsea in the same way that Roman Abramovich has treated Chelsea. Abramovich is a pretty unique owner of a football club because of the way in which he clearly cares so much about the club and you don't tend to see that from the same types of owners you don't see the support from owners as we have seen from Roman Abramovich into Chelsea and his investment and his willing to spend and his reasoning behind his spending being purely to try and improve Chelsea and get them to where they want to be he's effectively played career mode with Chelsea is what he's done that's the level of care he's put into this team and if Chelsea get a new owner, it is unlikely that that owner will be willing, especially in the current climate, to lend Chelsea anywhere near the amount of money that Roman Abramovich has allowed Chelsea to spend. They are also making losses. I mean, they recorded an even greater loss than Arsenal did in, in the accounts ending June 2021. So it's very interesting. Um, it's it's really going to be one of those events where we have to kind of wait a bit to see the impact on Chelsea, but they are going to be much more restricted than they ever have been. Um, and they aren't going to be able to go and spend 200 odd million pounds at the moment in a window, unless the owner that takes over or the potential investor that takes over from Roman Abramovich invests uh, in the same kind of manner. But I just, in my opinion, I can't see anyone doing it to the same kind of level. I hope they suffer from it because I hate Chelsea, as any Arsenal fan should. So I hope that it fails. I hope that it goes down. I hope that the glory-hunting Chelsea supporters that picked to choose that team when they were you know, rising through the ranks and had no association with the club purely because they were winning now face the consequences of that choice and... Uh, Chelsea begin to trail off and fall away from everybody else and could get replaced by Chelsea, uh, sorry, by Newcastle. That's a very high possibility um, that Newcastle come up and take over from them. We'll see what happens in the end. But uh, I'm interested to get your thoughts and feelings on this and the rest of our topics that we're discussing today. So let's jump into the chat box and take on as many of those questions as we can in the next 15 to 20 minutes. Okay, let's jump into the chat box and see what you guys are saying. Firstly, apologies for those that have joined us a little bit late. I don't know why YouTube created two shows. Um, basically, I think I know what the issue was. It's when I went into StreamYard to make the stream. It came up saying there was an error um, with the first one uh, that I tried to make. So I just, you know, clicked create broadcast again. And that sorted out the error. 
But clearly, what that did was was create two shows. So if you did join us from the other one, apologies for that. Um, <laughs> but you're here now, and I've seen plenty of you joining us in the chat box. I was wondering why Matt G and Peeny Wing weren't the first people that were jumping into the chat box right at the beginning of the show. And Jose Castro probably could not believe his luck getting in first. But uh, apologies, you're here now, and uh, make sure you're throwing in those questions into the chat box and dropping a like on the video as well. Um, let's go to Sean, who says, I bet the Newcastle owners are wishing they had waited to buy Chelsea. Now, maybe they are. Uh, they'd have a much better foundation to push on for their own ambitions. That's for sure. Um, Dan says, just me, or is your mic a bit dodgy? A lot of random background noises. Um, let me do the classic British way of fixing something. Two seconds, guys. Okay, I'm hoping that might be better. Do let me know if there is. There shouldn't be any background noise, but uh, yeah, let me know. Uh, if there was absolute stitch up, says Rover, says Matt G. Uh, John says, good, uh, play to keep the early birds at bay. Absolutely. Ahmed says, finally managed to join a live show only to realize I'm on the wrong show. <laughs> Sorry, Ahmed. I can only apologize. Uh, Prez Z says, Tom, who is the best player from the Russian league? It seems that FIFA are being asked to terminate contracts of foreign players in the Russian league for free. Maybe we should go for some of them. Uh, I'd have to do a little bit of research into it because um, my knowledge of the Russian leagues is next to nothing. Um, but I don't know how legitimate that is or how likely that is that uh, any players would be leaving the Russian league if they're not. Russian, but we'll see because there's a lot of stuff going on at the moment. Uh, Bobby says, do you think we have any free agent signings in mind this summer to clear us to spend more money in other areas? I'm sure the club are working and looking and monitoring certain situations of plenty of players. We know that Nusser Mazraoui of Ajax, the right-back Moroccan international, has been linked to Arsenal. I'm sure he is one of those players that is certainly uh, looking into things. Uh, Neil says there's no issue with the mic. Um, so there you go. Mia says, what is this? I've been waiting in another show. Yeah, apologies. YouTube decided to make two shows. We don't know why, but it just did. Apologies. Uh, Ed says, David is a no-brainer for 46 million, but gives me horrible Pepe flashbacks. Just remember that we have bought from Lille before, Gabriel Magalash as well, who's done very well since joining but then we did buy Jovino from Lille as well. So it's hit and miss from Lille, it seems. Maggi says, Tom, be honest. Are you glad Genduzi has finally been sold so you don't get any more questions about bringing him back from loan? I am glad. I don't know how many times I've had to say that in shows that there was ever any chance of him coming back to Arsenal this season. He was never coming back. He's always going to be a... He's always would have gone. And it's one of those things. And I'm not regretful of it either. I'm regretful that we didn't, we weren't able to get more money for him. That's what I'm regretful of. But it was the wrong club at the wrong time. He acted inappropriately, unprofessionally, and the right thing was done to move him on. It sucks that he's a really good player and that we don't have his quality in the team. And, you know, he probably would have got into this side a fair amount this season, especially with how he's playing at Marseille. But it's just what it is. It's just what it is. Um, Sasha, Tom, two shows cancelled. <laughs> Jay says, morning, mate. Who do you reckon will leave this summer? Xhaka, Leno. I think there's a lot of players that could leave this summer. In fact, I think we've done this a number of times. But for the benefit of your fine self, Jay, let's just quickly run through the team. Leno will leave. Uh, Cedric holding. I think both of those could go depending on if we get a right back in. Uh, El Nenny will, of course, go. Granite Xhaka, I think, will go. Lacazette will go. And Ketia will go. Pepe could go. We'll have to wait and see. Runison will leave. Bellerin will leave. William Saliba, 
question mark. I hope and think he will stay, but there's a question mark over him. Lucas Torreira will go. Mavropanos will go. Pablo Marie will go. Maitland-Niles will go. Genduzi has already gone. Reese Nelson could still go. There are a number of players that could leave this summer, and hopefully we can make a fair amount of money from those sales. Fingers crossed. Um, Liam says, would you have kept Mavropanos as a backup? I mean, in the summer, that was the only time that we would have been able to keep him. I think he would have done better to keep him over, say, Rob Holding, because you've got more potential in Mavropanos than we've seen from Rob Holding, but Rob Holding is homegrown, so there's that element to him. But I think you can make a decent money off Rob Holding sale and, and could have kept Mavropanos. But I don't think Arteta was ever interested in keeping Mavropanos at the club. He had his sights set on Ben White and bringing through Gabriel and keeping Holding and obviously, hopefully, maybe Saliba next season as well. Uh, Stephen says, hi, Tom. Do you think that the Kronkies blocked Usmanov's takeover because of the alleged irregularities of how his wealth was achieved? I don't know, Stephen. It's impossible for me to know. But I have to say that I am very happy that I certainly stood on the side of things that was I never wanted Usmanov at the club and I was never, ever convinced about his motives behind buying the club. People used to talk about, oh, he would be meeting with fans in Monaco and, you know, shaking their hands and playing up to the fans and stuff like that. I'm so glad that we never, ever, ever ended up getting Usmanov at the club. And I think we can happily say that the right decision was made in the end. Jay says, Tom, with the whole Arsenal stance on going for younger players, who would be your top three realistic targets? Jay, it's, I'm glad you've asked this question because this is, this is a little bit of a myth. It's not a myth that Arsenal want to approach young players. But what is a myth is that we're only targeting young players. That is what the myth is. If you go back and you listen to David Ornstein's interview with Arsblov, David Ornstein, obviously, who we know is very well connected at Arsenal and knows plenty of the ins and outs of what's going on, he talked about the project at Arsenal at the end of the summer transfer window. He talked about Edu in plenty of detail, um, and he talked about the fact that he really sees him as someone that's going to combine youth with world-class experience. In fact, I might be able to find you the exact quotes because uh, I wrote an article about this back in September. Yes, I can. Um, so let me share the screen with you guys so you can see uh, the article for starters. Um, just want to make sure there's no videos playing when I do share this. Let's share the screen. Come on. Why is it not working? There we go. So I wrote this piece back in September uh, based upon the quotes from David Ornstein. Oh, it's Wheatley in the background. Um Let's scroll down. Uh, so uh, let's pause this. So in the interview with Arsblog uh, back in September, David Ornstein says it was the idea of Edu to build a young squad of this age profile to blend them with world-class experienced players to bring Arsenal, in his mind, back to the top of competition, domestic and European in a number of years. Um, he carried on to say, I know that uh, I know that was something that when we explained to Mikel Arteta was completely understandably a bit shocked. Maybe shock is the wrong word, but anyone in his position when he became Arsenal head coach and then manager understands that you can't wait for tomorrow. And as noble as it is to plan for the future, you also need to get results now. That's specifically about them like buying Willian and getting players in of like a more experienced age back then to try and get results more immediately. But focusing specifically on the first quote, the idea to blend world-class with a young profile, that's the plan of Arsenal. That's always been what the club have wanted to do. We, in 2021, looked at bringing in those younger players. 
it hinted towards Arsenal looking ahead to bring in more established, world-class, experienced players. Mike's been a bit dodgy, but uh, I'll try and sort that out next time. Um, hopefully the mic's back now. The frozen stream is, is bugging out as well. Oh, this is really frustrating. I'm hoping that you can hear me now. Uh, let me know if you can hear me now. I don't know what's going on. Basically, as soon as I shared that screen, it stopped. The Everything is getting weird. I don't know what you can see and what I can see. <laughs> oh, no. Let me tune into my own show and see what the problem is at the moment. I'm hoping that it's back. I'm hoping that it's working. Okay, you've got me. You've got me. I don't know why this is going on. This is. I'm really I apologise for this awful connection this morning, um, but uh, it looks like it's working now. Okay, where was I? I was talking about the combination of, uh, of young players and uh, the experienced ones. So yeah, players like Odegaard, players like Yuri Tielemans um, are already experienced, despite being very young. But what we do see, and what we've come to understand more at the club, is that. We want to blend those players with youth. And there's a bit of a myth going around that Arsenal just want young players. And so when you see us linked with, you know, say a 27-year-old midfielder or a 27-year-old striker or a Patrick Schick, someone like that, someone who's kind of in their mid uh, mid to mid-late 20s, 26, 27, or 26 is Patrick Schick, of course. Um, but I don't really understand why then people go, oh, he's the wrong age profile. Oh, we're not going to go for him because he's not young. He's not in that age bracket. It's a myth. It's a myth that Arsenal are, are solely focusing on those young players because we want to blend the two together. And that's what's most important. Um, I am going to wrap things up there only because I would have gone on a little bit longer, but it seems that the stream's being a bit dodgy today. And apparently the microphone is, is you know, having a bit of a, a funny day, uh, which is a shame. But uh, I will be back uh, a little bit later on this afternoon. Obviously, we're back at 9.30 on the Arsenal way as well. So do join me at 9.30 in just over an hour's time. Um, and I'll, fingers crossed, uh, have everything sorted by then. I don't know what's going on. I'm going to restart everything and fingers crossed it'll be fixed. But I've had these issues. Uh, we say a new mic should be a smart wedding present. Microphones are really expensive. But uh, we'll look in to see if we can get a new one because this I've had this one for quite a long time. And uh, it's deciding to go, it's deciding to stop working on me, which is a shame because it's a pretty good microphone, um, or rather was. Um, but do drop a like on the video if you've enjoyed the show. Subscribe to the channel uh, so you never miss one. And uh, <laughs> drop a super chat. <laughs> the microphone. I'm only joking. Um, but do, uh, do drop a like on the video. Do subscribe if you're new. And as always, up the arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.